This is episode 86, Breastfeeding, featuring Jillian Schweiger. Hello, and welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb, and today I am joined by Mike Racine. Say hello. Hi, Deb. And right now we are drinking bread and butter Pinot Noir. It is spectacular. It's a 2017 wine. It is classically styled a Pinot Noir that is grown in California and crafted to be enjoyed with good food and good company. We're pairing this Pinot Noir with uh, some provolone cheese and I vote drink it and eat it. What do you think? Uh, I like it too. Yeah, I would say drink it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we got a whole batch of bread and butter wine, and I have to say this is my favorite wine brand. In fact, can I have some more wine? Sure. So, Mike, March twelfth was my last day of work, and I think it was your last day of stand up, which means it's been forty days and forty nights of this um, self quarantine. Yeah. Do you know where quarantine comes from? I don't. Where? So during the Black Plague, it was recommended that people like shelter themselves for mm-hmm. 40 days. Yeah. And the Italian word for 40 is quaranta. Oh. So that's where we get quarantine. Oh. So the Italians did it, not the Greeks. Um, yes, this is one thing you can credit the Italians for. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so how has it felt? Has it been long or short, fast, slow, boring, fulfilled, easy, hard? What's it like? Uh, a little bit of everything, but mostly good. I'm adjusting well, and it's nice that life has slowed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people needed that. Yeah, I agree, certainly, with that. Um, I mean, I, hopefully people are working yes. and earning a paycheck and everything and be, being able to like weather this. Uh-huh. Well. I know a lot of people aren't, which is unfortunate. Yes. Um, but yeah. But for me, it's been good. It's been very different for very many different people. So it's like some people are at home getting unemployment. Other people are going to work being afraid and not having appropriate um, um, protective gear. But then also like being rewarded with hazard pay if that's worth it. So it's been a, a crazy time. You're working a lot, though. I am. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So what is it like with me working from home? Is this what you imagined my life looked like? Um, I guess I never really thought about it. I guess I thought that it, there would be like more variety. But I do fe- I do hear a lot of the same trivia questions all day. Mm-hmm. You know, where, you know, like I'll hear like this. This animal is gray. It's the largest living land mammal. What is it? And I'm just like elephant. Right. <laughs> and but from my perspective, it's like I am just trying to reach out to these kids and get them scheduled and, mm-hmm. and see them. So why would I come up with new questions just to keep right. myself or maybe you as you an outsider pre- entertained through it? Yeah. Yeah. So you just want to get through it. And then also it's quite entertaining. The kids like it. Mm-hmm. Um, these games. I mean, you must like it too because you're shouting the answers out mm-hmm. uh, all day too. Yeah, it seems fun. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's not my most ideal form of therapy. I, I would say that I vary things up a little bit more, but um, with the technology curve, I've had to remain a little bit more consistent with my treatment plans so that I can just focus more on scheduling and troubleshooting IT issues. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, is it annoying when you're trying to sleep and I'm like, eat the apple. No, it is eat interesting. More apples. Though. Well, usually like when you're, you know, dating somebody and then your partner gets home, it's like, oh, I'm home and then I can, you know. But this is like you're working all day. So I never know. I never really know. Like you never seem to like clock out. You're never like, oh, okay, I'm done. I never know when you're done working. Right. It doesn't feel like I am done or I ever have the opportunity to be done because mm-hmm. I have to do the therapy all day. And then there's lots of uh, administrative duties that I have sure. to do. And then in addition to that, I also have other jobs and responsibilities. So it, it seems like I just have to choose when to stop and then start again the next day. Right. Yeah. I don't like this whole, but if you meditate, you know, research, research shows that meditation really helps with stress relief. But you know what else helps? Just less, less work. Less, <laughs> less work. work I, think, yeah. I think that helps. Meditating is good, though. I can't, I've never seen you meditate. But when I stretch, I, I feel better. I don't like to stretch. I really don't like it. But I always feel better like the next day. I think that people quantify what a meditation is too much. And that's like really um, a hindrance on their part. Because a meditation can be cleaning. A meditation can be drawing. A meditation can be breathing. A meditation can be organizing. It can be creating. It can be doing a handstand. So um, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a specific guided meditation where you're imagining a staircase and a feather and a cloud, and then you're snapping back into your life. Like you can do your own daily meditations. Right. The best quote I ever heard is, um, Zen spirituality is not thinking about God while peeling the potatoes. Zen spirituality is simply peeling the potatoes realizing that god is peeling the potatoes no you are just peeling the potatoes and that's it you're doing nothing else except peeling the potatoes right no expectations no demands no thoughts outside that you're strictly peeling potatoes you're shredding your mind no expectations no demands no curiosity no wondering Uh you're strictly peeling potatoes can you do that aristotelian yeah (laughs) yeah yeah So this interview that uh, we're going to go to after the commercial break is with my oldest stepsister, Jillian. Mm, Yeah. Um, She's definitely one of your top five siblings, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't I only have six. So that's kind of rude. I don't know who (laughs) you put in the end. Oh, Uh, you don't have to say anything. But um, yeah. So we chat a bunch about nobody. There's nobody. He's just making this up. So um, we chat a bunch about uh, lactation consulting and uh, breastfeeding. Uh, Jillian is a mother of four. Prior to that, she was a elementary school teacher. And um, now she is a internationally board certified lactation consultant. So stay tuned to that interview after this commercial break. This episode is brought to you by The Sensory Studio. The Sensory Studio is a pediatric private practice with two convenient locations on Staten Island, New York. Traditionally, The Sensory Studio offers school, center, and home-based speech and occupational therapy through private medical insurance. Right now, The Sensory Studio is offering teletherapy sessions for speech and occupational therapy through a simple email link to all New Yorkers. Please email them at info at 
thesensorystudio.com or call 718-979-5678 to reach their parent coordinator. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb, and Maria can't join us today, but instead I have my stepsister Jillian. Say hey, Jill. Hi. So Jill is a mom, um, a lactation consultant. She also has a background in education. We're going to get more into that later, but first let's talk about what we are drinking. Jill, you tell me first, what do you have? I am drinking the Apothic Red Blend. That's a good one. I got, yes. did you give me that for Christmas? I did. I got it for everybody because I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one's a good one. Um, so we vote drink it or sink it on this show. I'm assuming you're going to vote <laughs> drink it. So I have Sidewise Pinot Noir and it's a 2015, which is the most vintage wine I think I've ever had. Um, it's a deep ruby color with purple highlights. It's well balanced between acidity and fruit. It's a bit spicy and earthy. This is the description I got from the website. Um, I think this wine is fine. Um, I think I might actually vote sink it for the first time like ever, um, which means we drink it even though we hate it. Um, I, when I looked, you know how when you look up wine, it tells you how much it should cost. It was like $7 on this website, but I got it for like 14 So there's definitely price gouging <laughs> during this pandemic. I got, I got swindled. All right, Jill. So tell us um, a little bit about your background. Um, so I, I'm a mom of four. Mm-hmm. And um, I started out, I went to college for um, a teaching degree. So I actually got a dual degree in elementary education and child psychology. I taught first grade and third grade for two years. And then I had my first baby and I never went back. Um, Like I said, I have four kids. So I just kept having them right, (laughs) and I breastfed them all. And that kind of led me to where I am today as a lactation consultant. So during these times, things are pretty tricky with being a mom, having a small business, and then also um, dealing with your kids homeschooling. So is homeschooling, how has that been? Is it easier or harder having a background in education? Um, I think a little bit, it's a little bit easier for me because I kind of know what they need to do, but it's definitely challenging because my kids are ranging from kindergarten to eighth grade and I am just bombarded with emails and Zoom calls and stuff that I've never had to do before. Right. And also just trying to be a mom and trying to work. So it's a lot. Yeah. So what are the ups and the downs of the family life during the pandemic? I think one of the positives is just the time that I have with my kids where we're not rushing around. Mm -hmm. So they're all very active in sports and activities. And our days typically look like they go off to school 
I work, I meet them at the bus stop, and then we are running until bedtime, basically dropping someone off, picking someone up, and dinners are sometimes they're eating them in the van on the go. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice having everyone here and not being so hectic. And I think the downs would be that we're all here and there's nowhere to go. Right. Yeah. And there's like a lot of energy in the house. Yes. Needs to get out. Yes. Yeah. Especially with my 10 year old who's very active little boy. Mm -hmm. And um, he just, you know, he needs to get out and move his body daily. Right. (laughs) Um, So uh, going all the way back, when you started your family, what motivated you to breastfeed your children? Um, It's just something I knew that I would always do. My mom, I'm the oldest of five. So my mom breastfed all of us. Obviously, I don't remember my experience. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. um, my youngest brother is almost nine years younger than me. So I definitely have memories of her breastfeeding him, I think until he was like three or something. Um, so I just, I knew that I, it, it felt normal to me and that I would want to do it. Um, uh-huh. but when I had Preston, my oldest, I didn't expect it to be as challenging as it was. And I think that's kind of what got me where I am today is just knowing that, wow, it's, instinctual and natural, but it's not always easy. Right. Which is, it sometimes might make people feel a little bit, um, I don't want to say inadequate, but like, I can't think of another word because they're like, it's natural. Why can't I get this to work? So it can get frustrating. Yeah. That's that's definitely, that happens a lot. (laughs) So, um, what are the benefits of breastfeeding? So the benefits, I mean, if you, if you did a quick Google search, you would find tons and tons of benefits. Um, but a lot of times people don't realize that there's a lot of benefits for the mom too. If you are a breastfeeding mom, it, it decreases your chances of getting ovarian and breast cancer. It decreases your chances of osteoporosis later in life. It helps shrink your uterus, which a lot of people are like, oh, it helps you lose weight. And that's definitely one of the benefits. I think one that we don't think of very often is how it helps prevent postpartum depression. So it reduces the risk of postpartum depression. Okay. And the reason for that is when you give birth to a baby, the natural thing to do is to breastfeed the baby for your body to make milk continuously. So when you don't breastfeed your body feels like the baby is no longer with you like the baby has died so your Mm -hmm. body feels depressed and that kind of just adds to it so there's just there's so many benefits for the mom that people they don't think of it they think oh it's best for the baby and of course for the baby it helps with jaw development if the mom gets sick or anybody near near the baby, the mom's body will immediately start making antibodies for whatever that mom is exposed to, mm-hmm. to help prevent hopefully the baby from getting it as well. And then I mean, it's the- transferred to the baby through the breast milk? Yep. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Um, I mean, the, the benefits for the baby are endless. 
even later in life, it can reduce the risk of obesity. And part of that is just, you know, when people bottle feed, we're like trying to shove the last bit of a bottle Mm -hmm. milk into the baby where with breastfeeding, the baby decides when and how much they need. And then it also, another one that's really important is that it can help reduce the risk of SIDS. Right. Yes. Which is sudden infant death syndrome. Is SIDS very common in the United States today? Um, It is, but I think a lot of times you don't hear all the facts about Mm -hmm. it. So it'll be like, oh, the mom slept with her baby, but like they don't, just like the media does with everything, they're not going to report that the mom was on drugs, you know, and so she her baby and was, um, so you know how the media is. Right. (laughs) So they like to blame it more so on like um, bed sharing, which. Right is research backed as long as the parent has not like consumed any sort of substance that would alter their um, alertness. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's like unlikely, I think I've heard you say this, like it's unlikely that a mom um, under zero influence would like roll over on a baby in a bed because they would be woken up. But if they took something, then that would like decrease their judgment and like their alertness. Right. Breastfeeding moms and babies, their instincts are so in tune to their baby that they, they've done studies where they have the baby laying next to the mom and within minutes their breathing synchronizes. Ah. So, and all across the world, people sleep with their babies. It's just our culture where it's like taboo to do so. Right. And what was the campaign? It's back to sleep or is that it? Right. Yeah. You definitely still want to follow like those guidelines. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't ever want to put your baby down on her stomach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even know all of these things Um, (laughs) because I don't have any kids. So going back to when you said that, like when a baby's breastfeeding, you, the baby then decides when they're done, but how do you know the baby is getting enough milk and when you need to supplement that? So the first, you know, it's going to be weight checks. You know, the baby is always going to lose a little bit of weight initially from birth. And you usually need to go into your pediatrician's office within a few days and they'll check the baby's weight. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's like the number one way to tell the baby's getting enough. But when you're home with your baby, your, you know, diaper output is going to give you a big clue. So, you know, the baby should be having a nice five to six wet diapers every day, nice wet diapers. And Mm -hmm. in the first month, the baby should be having somewhere between like three to four um, yellow poopy diapers is going to be on the low end. Some babies are having them like with every feeding. So if you have a baby who is wetting diapers and having that yellow breast milk poop that they call it, mm-hmm. um, that they're not going to have diaper output if they're not getting milk. Right. So, okay. So um, for me, when I do my consults, I bring, um, a baby feeding scale. So what that does is it, it does a pre and post weight feeding. So you can weigh the baby and have the mom feed the baby and then reweigh, and you can see exactly how much they're getting. Now, obviously, these scales are very expensive, so it's right. not something that, you know, a mom would just want to buy to 
you kind of want to go with trusting your instincts and getting to know your baby. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So how long should a baby be breastfed or should a child be breastfed? (laughs) I know this is a loaded question, so I asked it on purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, according to the World Health Organization, babies should be um, exclusively breastfed for six months and then for the first two years of life while eating other foods and things. Um, And the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends the six months exclusive breastfeeding and then up to a year and then continued as long as mutually desired. The benefits of breastfeeding don't run out suddenly when the baby turns one. So mm-hmm. all across you know, our world, people breastfeed for years, but in our culture, it's definitely like taboo. Kind of taboo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you get to that year mark and people are like, oh, don't they have teeth and they're too old? <laughs> but all the benefits that the child was getting when they were six months, they're, they're still going to get when they're 18 months or they're mm-hmm. two years. And the mom is going to get them as well. Okay. So what does it do for bonding, breastfeeding? Breastfeeding obviously is a a nice way to bond because it gives you that time all day long where you're busy, especially as the babies get older and you're maybe taking care of other kids or you're back at work and you're cleaning your house and then your baby needs you and you have to sit down and you hold your baby and it's just kind of like a time to reconnect. And it is one of those things where it's something that only you as the mother can do for your baby. So Mm -hmm. I think that just kind of makes this connection stronger. I'm wondering, so do you ever work with speech pathologists? Um, Yeah, Uh, lactation consultants do work with speech pathologists. Um, Some, and it would be, we would want to work with one who is used to working with babies. So sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, we might see a baby And we do assessments like suck assessments. If the suck is just like, no matter what we try, we can't get this baby to suck correctly. Then that's when we would refer to a speech pathologist. What would you do before that though? So what would you do to try to make the child suck? Um, So sometimes, you know, we might use a nipple shield. Sometimes we might even use a pacifier or just our finger, maybe sometimes with a syringe of milk and try to reward the baby for sucking. And then you give them a little bit of milk through the syringe. Sometimes the baby could have a tongue tie or, you know, sometimes just the way they were positioned in the womb, they can come out and they can just have a lot of tightness around their jaw. And Mm -hmm. so... There's a lot of, I mean, there's tons of, (laughs) tons of reasons. Right. What can help a mom increase her milk production if that's an area that she's struggling with? Um, So the number one way to make more milk is to demand your body to make more. Right. That's a common misconception though, right? Like people think, oh, I need to save my milk, but that's detrimental. Right. So if you you know, if your baby, like we know that babies need to eat, especially in the newborn period, they're queuing to eat probably every 90 minutes to three hours at 
tops. Mm -hmm. So that means that if you are home with your baby and your milk production is low and you're using formula and you're feeding your baby eight to 10 times, then you need to pump milk eight Mm -hmm. to 10 times to tell your body to make more. Okay. To get your body on that schedule. Right. Okay. And what can you do to help if a child is struggling to latch? So if you mean for like a new mom, if she's home and she's just having trouble latching the baby. Yeah. yeah. That's a, I feel like that's the problem I hear the most often spoken about. Like they won't, yeah. they couldn't latch. So <laughs> number one thing I would say would be to reach out and call a lactation consultant for sure. Right. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, And before the lactation consultant could get there, I would say just go back to the basics, which would be to keep your baby skin to skin. You want to activate those natural instincts in the baby. Mm -hmm. So if you think about babies as being little mammals, which they are, um, taking their clothes off and just tucking them into your shirt and keeping them nice and close on your skin as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And then just be patient and keep trying. When can moms who are breastfeeding start to drink a glass of wine? And then if they <laughs> do drink, is pumping and dumping a thing? Are they, is that something you have to do? Does it work? So, I mean, you can definitely have a glass of wine. Um, the pumping and dumping is, is definitely still a myth that's out there. So if you have, say you have like three glasses of wine and you're really tipsy and you pump and then you dump, that doesn't mean that your milk is okay at that moment because your milk alcohol level is the same as your blood alcohol level. So if you can have a glass of wine and then go drive your car, then you can feed your baby. But if you have three glasses and you would get a DUI if you went behind the wheel, then you shouldn't be feeding your baby. So um, it's perfectly fine to use your judgment on that. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing in speech pathology too, like using your clinical judgments and not always like, you're not always going to have a rule of thumb or like research to grab at any moment. So it's like you have to use your judgment. So other than just like nourishing your child, what are some other things that you have used breast milk for? (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's a lot of like (laughs) other uses. When I was breastfeeding my son, who's now 10, my sister who lived on the same street as me at the time called me and said, I have pink eye and I heard that you can put breast milk in your eyes. (laughs) Can I have some? (laughs) so I so I sent her home with some breast milk so you can you can use it um you know for an eye infection um a lot of times for babies scratch themselves you could put breast milk on it you can put Mm -hmm. it on um skin rashes um you can use it in your coffee (laughs) (laughs) sorry I have my six-year-old is standing here waiting to ask me something okay no problem hi Ari Hi. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we were talking about the alternatives for breast milk. Yeah, so you put them on like cuts and stuff like that and help with rashes. Another fun fact that I like about breastfeeding is how much how many calories do you have to consume? Or how many do you burn a day? What is that? Uh, so 
so yeah, when you're breastfeeding, you you get 500 extra calories a day. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So it, you can, you burn a lot more calories, so you need to eat you more. Do. You do. And, and that's another, that's actually like one of my questions when I go and I see a mom, you know, to gauge whether, you know, she's making milk and the baby's eating is like, how's your appetite and thirst? Because you're typically really hungry and really thirsty. Right. Um, and then, so what's your advice to new and expecting moms? Do you, when should they, when and if should they reach out to a lactation consultant? Nowadays, a lot of insurance companies are letting moms have these visits with no co-pays at all. Huh? So, um, I, I sometimes do the prenatal visits, which I love. So you get to meet moms and dads when they are at the end of their pregnancy. And if, if it's included in your insurance, that's a great visit to do. Um, although they do have like breastfeeding, um, classes when you're pregnant. So that those are good to do too. Um, and then typically within the first five days, I recommend that moms reach out and just, even if they feel like breastfeeding is going great, it's mm -hmm. so reassuring to just have that checkup. And I think the scale, the weighted feed, moms love that. Dads really like it because mm -hmm. they, they sometimes feel disconnected. You know, the mom is like, I'm breastfeeding and they, they're like milk is coming out and they really <laughs> like, they can't believe it. They can't like, as a mom, you feel things, you know, you feel your milk fill up and, yeah. um, and dads are just sitting there like, okay. <laughs> so they love to see, they love to see that number on the scale, I think too. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so with today's concerns, which is like the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic, um, what is your, what are like some things that people should keep in mind in terms of breastfeeding is from like, um, I think right now what we need to keep in mind is that up to this date, which I think is April 4th, right? I think. Um, there are, there are yes. no, um, sample tests of they've tested the amniotic fluid and breast milk and we we so far there's no signs of the coronavirus being passed through either breast milk or the amniotic fluid so um it's definitely important to keep breastfeeding um if mom is positive for coronavirus she should just be, you know, doing the proper like hand washing and wearing a mask and, and breastfeeding her baby. If she is too ill, say to breastfeed, you know, she's like, right. doesn't have the energy to even hold the baby, then somebody should be helping her, um, get her set up with a breast pump in the hospital so that that baby can get breast milk. Okay. Um, and then, oh, I wanted to ask you this before. So can babies get breast milk from other moms? Yeah, they can. So actually the World Health Organization has a statement about during the COVID that the baby, you know, to give them the mom's breast milk or donor milk if it's not possible. Oh, so okay. 
Right. I, so like some people might think that sounds odd, but I asked you this once because I saw a video about, a, I think she was a nanny of children and she had her own kids and she was breastfeeding all of them. And I was like, Jill, would you think that's okay? And you were <laughs> like, well, I'd hope if somebody had my baby, like they'd breastfeed her. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I would always personally want my, right. my babies to get breast milk. Um, just because I know the benefits of it Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, there, even for a mom now, say there's a mom, you know, who's got a baby who's a couple months old and she maybe is doing some breastfeeding and some formula feeding, which we call mixed feeding. Um, at this stage, it would be a good idea to try to increase the breast milk supply. Any amount of breast milk the baby gets is just going to give them more, you know, more protection, more benefits. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like dose, you know, like the more breast milk you get, the more benefits you get. Right. Makes sense. Um, so before we wrap up, the one thing I wanted to touch upon is, um, fed is best. That's another campaign that's associated yeah. with, with babies and feeding. So, um, I know that, I mean, it from just because of being around you, I know that breastfeeding is super important. It's something that I would want to do, but I do hear so many people struggle with it. Um, what, what would you say in terms of like, just to make it be more inclusive, if it's like impossible, is it impossible for somebody? I'm not sure. Um, it can be, it can definitely be impossible for somebody to breastfeed. There are, you know, there are reasons why, Mm -hmm. um, some women can't breastfeed. I think any lactation consultant that I know, Mm -hmm. the number one thing for all of us is feed the baby, like get the baby fed. I will tell you that uh, all the lactation consultants that I know, if we go and we go to a mom's house and she, you know, feeds her baby and she's not, her milk supply is really low for some reason to start. Mm. We are always going to tell the mom to get formula and like feed the baby while she works on getting her her milk supply up. Okay. Right. I do agree. We always want to make sure that the baby is fed and mm-hmm. yeah, and just kind of enc- always encouraging moms to work on their supply while they are supplementing. Cause some moms are totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. And some moms are giving a bottle of formula and crying because that's not right. what they envisioned for their baby. So, yeah. you know, we always just want to reassure them that, you know, we'll work together and come up with a plan to work on getting her milk supply up. I think that makes for a good tip or trick to just keep working on your supply. Um, so we like to end all of our episodes with like a motivational quote or a mantra, just something like, is there something you tell yourself frequently or like you've heard once and it motivates you? What, what do you like tell yourself? Oh, (laughs) Um, (laughs) or what can you tell other people? Try your best. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can do is try your best. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So Jill, tell everyone where they can find you on, in terms of social media. 
Jill is internationally board certified, so she can work with anyone anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. So with speech pathology, you have to be, even if you're doing teleservices, you have to be licensed in the state where I sit and where the receiver sits. So is that the same for like Um, No, I mean, I am actually doing virtual consults now. Um, I do have, I have an Instagram, I have a Facebook, and then I have my website. So what's your Instagram handle? I have to look at it, Deborah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's JN Lactation Consultant, but let me check. Um, all right, so Instagram is JN Lactation Consultant. My Facebook is Jillian Nemeth IBCLC Lactation Consultant, and then my website is JNLactationConsulting.com. Great. So that's where you can find Jill. Reach out if you require any of her wonderful services. Do you do like a consulting? Like you can, you can just do consulting over teletherapy. You just said that, right? Right. Perfect. So all of Jill's information will be in the show notes. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Jill. Thank you. Hi everyone. Thanks for listening to SLP's Wine and Cheese. We have new episodes every week, so be sure to subscribe. Also, we'd appreciate it if you would like and review us on iTunes. If you love the show and want more bonus content, check us out at patreon.com slash SLP's Wine and Cheese.